Hey, everybody. My name is Chris Rivera, Director of Client Relations for Integrity Offshore Staffing. And today we're speaking with Ryan Lazanus of FutureFirms.co, and he's based in Canada. And uh, Ryan, how things been? Just uh, saw you a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, nice it's been up. good, Chris. Good to catch up with you. And thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So Ryan, let's uh, kickstart this with, uh, I mean, you have a great story, um, especially how it ties in uh, you know, the experiences you saw with your family and then what you wanted to do and your entrepreneurial spirit and how you're helping the accounting community. I mean, I truly love it because I, I don't have an accounting background, but um, the drive and the passion, that's what I do have so I can relate there. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So a little bit of background on myself. I'm a CPA, born and raised here in Montreal, Canada. And uh, um, I started my own accounting firm in, in 2013 uh, called Zen Accounting. It was an online firm, one of the earlier online firms in North America. And it's kind of following my father's footsteps. He was an entrepreneur. He was a small business owner. And I knew I wanted to have a business of my own one day. So I started my own firm. And um, one of the one of the big themes of my firm was how I could make accounting easy and pain-free for not only small business owners, but also for those working in the firm. And uh, I identified a lot of pain points as I, was, I started my accounting career working at a firm myself. And I had a lot of colleagues working in firms and I didn't want that typical traditional model. So uh, this might tie in a little bit uh, later on in our, on our uh, conversation, uh, but there was a lot of pain points that I eliminated from the get-go uh, to just help make accounting easier for everybody involved. And uh, I ended up uh, growing the firm over a five-year period. Uh, my firm was acquired by a large corporate services firm based out of Europe. I, uh, uh, five years after starting my firm from scratch, it was acquired. And now with Future Firm, I help, uh, 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 Future Firm helps accountants uh, provide content and coaching to help fast track a modern scalable firm they love. So uh, I have a blog, podcast, newsletter, all with actionable content. And I have an online coaching membership called Future Firm Accelerate, which provides online courses, a fantastic community of several hundred modern entrepreneurial firm owners collaborating together on best practices and coaching for myself whenever anybody gets stuck, basically. So that's what I'm up, up to at the moment. Yeah, no, I love it. And, and, and it's very important what you do, right? And so that it's exciting to speak with you because yeah, accounts sometimes aren't you know, the best business owners. They just kind of open up a practice, fall into this whole business model and um, off they go. And it's hard to build out strategies and build out game plans and, and figure out how to really execute this. And, and you know I, what? I yeah. certainly understand that because I was one of those people that just yeah. opened up a firm and just fell into it. Now, I think I was a better business person than an accountant. I'm actually a terrible accountant. So out of necessity, I had to, had to bring smarter CPAs on board very early on to get me out of the work because I was a hazard. So uh, yeah, I, I definitely identify more with the entrepreneurial end of things, but I understand what firm owners go through is because there's no plan. You just fall into it and things happen and it snow, snowballs into something down the road. Yep. And then money starts coming in and it looks good and clients are happy, more business coming in, but still there's just no structure in place. Exactly. And so, I mean, we can talk about, you know, subscription-based pricing. We could talk about how to build a team. We could talk about um, the hierarchy. I mean, there's just many different aspects, but 
when it boils down to it, the key word is capacity, right? So however you go about in doing this, you got to have the capacity. So initially when you're working with a, with a firm, um, what are you noticing uh, right away? And, and, and um, also what, it, what, what tends to be the attitude with, uh, with the firm? Is there a lot of excitement? Is there a lot of hesitation? Is there a lot of nervousness? Um, I, I think, yeah, I mean, it's something where we know what firm life looks like and it's not what a lot of people aspire to. Generally speaking, there's a pervasive issue in the industry with overwork and poor work-life balance. And I recognize that very early on in my accounting career, when I started my firm, like people start a business in the first place to improve their life, to give them more freedom. And I was very stubborn with certain things from the get-go. Like I said, I wanted to provide an easy, pain-free accounting experience, not just for clients, but for the team. And there was a number of pain points I identified, which might loop into a little bit of our, pres uh, our, 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 our discussion, which is, you know, one of those pain points was people hate their timesheets. So why continue to force people do something that they hate? So right off the, right from, right off the bat, when I started my firm, there's no timesheets. People hate their timesheets. I want to attract people to the firm. So there's no timesheets in the firm. But that opened up other issues, which led to other solutions. But you know, that's just an example of, there's a lot of things that people don't like about firm life, but we continue doing it. Um, and there's some pervasive issues in the industry with overwork and poor work-life balance. And, um, and yeah, so I, that's kind of what I observed as an outsider before starting my own firm. Now, one key word, uh, two key words you just said was bad habits. And I noticed that too. Um, for example, when uh, I'm speaking with a client and they, they had an experience where it wasn't so good with, with offshore staff specifically. And so in discussion, I find out that there was a, a point of contact onshore that was working with the offshore team member. And they always had to correct the work, always had to correct the work. And I was like, oh, wow. So how long did this go for? A week or two? No, it went on for about four and a half months. Wow. And so, this, and so I assumed, right, that's understandable to have that experience. And so what happened with the offshore company, they let them go. But they wanted to try it again because they, they, they felt like it could work. The same thing happened, except this time they allowed it to go two months. So you're talking six months of allowing repeatable behavior, which was beneficial to nobody. And, and I see that continuously happen in the attitude. If you would have addressed it right then and there, it could be um, easily understood by both parties. And then you move on and holding everybody accountable. And, but a lot of times with just the attitude, it doesn't go so well. So um, the surprisingly, everybody's, everybody's up to here all the time and probably even up to here. Right. So yeah, that that's one of the issues with the, with the industry. And so when when working with a firm, um, and uh, what are some of the 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 things that you notice right away that need to be addressed? And is it the same with every firm, or uh, is, is it different depending on um, the aspect of what they're uh, doing for their clients? I think most firm owners that I'm working with are looking to create a scalable model. They want to create a model that runs systematically in a repeatable fashion, like clockwork. 
And the number one thing that I see is people coming to me saying, we need more technology, we need better processes. And oftentimes when I pull back the hood a little bit, that's not really the issue at hand. The first natural instinct is we need more automation. We need more technology that's going to solve all our problems. That's going to make everything else go smoothly. That's just one part of the solution. There's operational matters, matters that need to be attended to. There's capacity issues that needed to be, need to be attended to. There's more standardization across the business model that need to be attended to. So the first natural instinct is not often the correct instinct. So that's typically what I see with firms coming to me for help. So um, now you're working with them. And so when you're, when you're providing some insight on, on how to kind of offload tasks or think about um, their staff in general, now, do you always go into it wanting to wanting them to um, add additional staff? Or are you wanting them to kind of identify better processes or uh, stronger um, support staff as far as what they're actually capable of doing? I mean, it, it obviously depends. Um, usually what I'm doing is I'm working, helping focus on the fundamentals of the business first, because it's just a mishmash of different things, the mishmash of different clients, a mishmash of different types of service offers. And it's very hard to scale everything that's different. So we have to have some levels of standardization. So I'm looking at the fundamentals of the business first, who they're targeting, what their service offers look like, what their value proposition is, just getting alignment there. And then often, you know, I'm working typically with smaller firms. So let's say under a million bucks. Um, uh, and, uh, but often like the, 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 the owner or the partner is just totally overloaded and taken up you know, all, all sorts of client work on their shoulders, which is something that just can't happen if you're looking to grow your business. Uh, so certainly looking at capacity is the next thing because I often hear, who do I hire next? When do I hire this person? Uh, what should I take off my plate? And it all comes down to capacity. Capacity planning is the key to everything, yet no firm, very few firms engage in it. Your capacity is your scarcest resource. We need to protect that resource and then manage it. And, uh, and that's not happening at most firms. Yeah, so I, I noticed the same thing where um, clients are coming and, into meetings and they, they have needs across all the board and they just want um, audit and, and uh, tax and uh, accounting and bookkeepers and heck throwing some admin support stuff. And then they go about it in a way of uh, starting across everywhere and, and they've never done this before. And so just like you're saying, we need, you got to streamline it. And I say, identify the most pressing need and you start there. Yep. Right. And then it'll be so much easier to realize, uh, okay, so you, I mean, when you hire in general, there's onboarding, you got to work everything out, but then you'll realize, wait a second, you may not need these associates in different departments because you know, they're um, cross-trained and they can assist, right? And so, yeah, if you're all scattered and, and everything's um, not organized, uh, then it, it could get really messy. So I always say, just start pinpoint what's your most pressing need and you build from there. 
right? And then it's always a combination where um, identify the strengths of the onshore team and identify the strengths of trying to build out an offshore team. Yeah, I, I would certainly agree with that. The, um, so I know you don't have much experience uh, working with offshore staff, but in, in, in how you, uh, uh, the model that you're in and us being remote workers, I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on this going forward, this, this whole concept and how it and, uh, can help today's accounting firms? So I started my firm in 2013, sold it in 2018, and certainly offshoring has only picked up steam since then. And it was yep. something near the tail end of when I was leaving my firm that I started looking into a little bit more seriously. And I have no doubt that I would probably have had some kind of an offshore team in my firm if I was running one today. So I have, uh, you know, I have a virtual assistant currently with Future Firm. She's offshore. You know, so uh, I'll probably be building out more resources offshore specifically for, for my future firm company. So I feel very good about it. Um, you know, we're utilizing resources in different parts of the world. It's very hard to find those resources. One of my biggest challenges when I was running a firm was finding people. And it's been like that forever. So why don't we widen the pool of people? You know, when, when I started my firm, one of the benefits, because I was a virtual model early on in that space is I was able to hire people across the country. So that was a big, a big win, but that gap is now narrowed because everybody's working like that now. And that was a huge selling point before about like even hiring team members from uh, in a remote fashion. Now that's not a selling point anymore. So we need to just maintain our competitiveness. And I think offshoring is one of those ways that you can do so. Yeah. No, uh, spot on. I mean, uh, I, I always, uh, when I went into this position myself four years ago, I specifically went into it because I wanted to work remote. Um, and then I realized after some interviews that it's, my office is pretty far. It's in India. I mean, we're headquartered here in America, but uh, the day-to-day -day interactions would be myself and a computer and all the technology out there. And it wasn't easy. I thought I could get it all everything up and running in a few weeks. No, <laughs> it took about six, seven months to really hone yeah. in and, and realize uh, discipline, structure, um, how to separate breaks, uh, designing a workspace, all that. And, and, and so are you seeing a lot of firms have a hybrid office or they are all back in the office or they've gone remote? And yeah. how do you feel the, the, um, how comfortable they are in working in, in that type of environment? So most of the firms, so I have some personal experience there because when I started my firm, I was an in-person firm, only working with clients virtually, but the team was centralized in an office, then moved to a hybrid model, which I found to be the most difficult type of model in, in my personal view, because you're managing different cultures, I guess. I preferred the fully remote model the most, which my firm moved towards, uh, you know, in the last few years that I was running my firm. Most of the firms that I'm working with, I would consider them modern firms. So um, they're mostly online firms uh, from the get-go. Uh, and they're comfortable working in that manner. And I kind of take that for granted, truthfully, and I might be in a bit of a bubble there. Uh, but I've had some firms that I've coached that have had to move during COVID to a more remote model. Some of them are moving more back to an office. Honestly, I'm more of a virtual guy, but I, I don't want to uh, dictate anything to anyone because I think any of those approaches can work well, but you need to have the structure, as you mentioned. 
because the chances are you're probably going to have some people working remotely and there has to be a structure to it. It has to be uh, intentionally done to keep the team and culture together. Mm-hmm. So any of those approaches can work, but very likely you're probably going to have some kind of hybrid approach moving forward at the very least. And no matter what, whether you're onshore in an office, onshore remote, offshore remote, it's always about one team, right? One cohesive working unit. And, and for, <laughs> I've seen it happen towards it becomes like a battle. It's like the offshore versus the onshore team. It's not going to work, right? And so there always has to be buy-in and mindset from everybody, whether your yeah. firm has one partner, two partners, or has 20 partners. I fully and- agree. Yeah, a team has to be completely on the same page. It's not about just shipping work somewhere and and, 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 and some kind of silo. Like, team has to be part of the culture. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's difficult. It's really difficult. Um it's simply because my experience starting working remote, I was very confident. I was all gung ho, and I was like, "What the heck do I do?" <laughs> and, and and so yes, there's there's uh, hesitations. Um, there's going to be um, hiccups. There's going to be um, uh, I hate using failures, but you know, failure is always going to lead to success. And I feel that that word change, right? It's just like frightening. And, and change is constant. Even when I work with a firm, they say, I've been doing this for 30 years the same way, and, but yet we're on a call, so something happened. Something's about to change. And even at that, that point, the attitude is like, I guess I have to change, but it should be like, well, I want to see what options are. And so I, I'm a strong believer to have the right mindset going into whether you're restructuring your firm, whether they're hiring, just your everyday aspect and working with your team. Yeah, I agree with you there, Chris. All right. So uh, last few things, Brian, uh, any final thoughts for our audience out there today as far as um, uh, uh, where, where they stand now and how they can you know, become that future firm? Yeah. So um, at the end of the day, you know, what's helped me along at least is uh, just being really focused on, um, you know, what I help firms with is not necessarily create the biggest business in the world, but create a business that they love and really focus on your personal goals and making sure that your business is in line with those personal goals. Because again, we start a business, we run a firm with the idea of improving our life making our life better. And what we often see in the industry, as I mentioned earlier on, is overwork, lots of stress, and uh, crazy busy seasons. And this is not why we got into business in the first place. So we have to be, we have to understand what we really want out of life. A lot of people don't take that step back. Certainly that was me. You know, I started a business. I just got into my firm and I just started growing it without even thinking about the end goal but we have to be very clear about what we really want out of life and then reverse engineer a plan to help us get there. And our business should be part of that plan. So, yeah, I mean, I know it's a very broad, uh, uh, broad piece of advice, but that's one thing that kind of helps me through running my businesses. No, I agree. I agree. It, it, if um, you're always running around and trying to just see, you know, the whole, uh, uh, throw a bunch of darts, see what sticks, whatever that cliche saying is, it's just not going to work. And you really have to dig down and find 
what your passion is, what you want to do, what you want to do for your team, what do you want to do for your clients. And once you have that in place, everything else will grow, but it's always about a mindset and attitude and, and everyone will be fine. So, um, well, Ryan, thanks a lot for joining today. Appreciate your insight here and we will talk soon. Thank you very much, Chris. I appreciate it.